Welcome to day five of our look through 2 Corinthians chapter 13. That means our last day in this chapter, but also our last day in this book. So I want to give you a great congratulations that you've completed this study together with me in 2 Corinthians, in the book of 2 Corinthians, and what it has to say to us about how you and I can survive as servants. We're going to look at verse 14 today. This is our last day and our last verse, and in many ways we have saved the best for last, or God has saved the best for last for us. Listen to what he has to say in verse 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You notice in that one verse, he talks about Jesus Christ and God and the Holy Spirit. In this one verse, he talks about the power of God in his trinity in your life as a servant. As this book closes, Paul prays for the very power of the Trinity of God to accomplish these things in our lives. Now, when I say this word Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I want to take a few minutes to talk about that word. Because when you understand that word, you understand the power of what Paul is praying for here. Uh, the, the truth of the Trinity, that God is one, and yet he is in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is to many of us something that makes us scratch our head. How can you be one and three at the same time? And I've found that in trying to make this truth more easily understood, sometimes we make the mistake of diminishing it. The fact that God is a trinity does not mean that he expresses himself to us in three different ways at different times. That greatly lessens this wonderful truth. Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father are all said to be distinct persons within the Godhead. They're not just different personalities or activities of God. They're all God. And here we get in this verse one of the great places where you see, you glimpse the truth of the Trinity. It's all throughout the Scripture. Now, we could go through a long study of the proof of the truth of the Trinity, where you, the Bible talks about Jesus being God and the Father being God and the Spirit being God. But there are also these glimpses of the Trinity all throughout the Scripture. In the Old Testament, there are places, four of them, where God speaks of himself as us. It's not just a I, there's also an us. There's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's one and there's three. You glimpse the truth of the Trinity and the fact that all three were involved in creation. The Spirit in Genesis 1-2, the Father said to create in Hebrews 1-2, the Son is said to create in Colossians 1-15. So who is the God who created us? All is in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is the creator in Him being the Son and the Father and the Spirit. You glimpse the truth of the Trinity in the way that Jesus taught us to baptize. We're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Equally, in their names, because they are equal. They're one and three, and they're God. We glimpse the truth of the Trinity in the baptism of Jesus, all three persons being present there, in the birth announcement of Jesus, all three persons of the Trinity being present there. We glimpse the truth of the Trinity in the fact that we're told in the New Testament all three were the power behind Jesus' resurrection. John 2, 19, Romans 8, 11, Acts 3, 26. You can look up these verses and find that all of them were said to be the power of the resurrection because all are God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus promises to his disciples this promise in John 14, 16. In that incredible verse, Jesus says he will ask the Father to send the Spirit. So here you have the Son asking the Father to send the Spirit into our lives as believers. And then you have this great glimpse of the truth of the Trinity here in the way Paul prays at the end of this book. He puts them three alongside of each other, the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Spirit. 
Now, I know I'm talking about this today, the truth of the Trinity, and I could say a lot more about it because it is a truth that excites me. But I know that may not be true for all of you. Some of you are scratching your head and thinking, I just want to end this book. Why are we getting into this deep subject right now at the end of the book? Well, Paul brought it up. I didn't. He is the one who talks about the Trinity at the end of the book. It is a great opportunity as he talks to us about it to remind ourselves of why this truth is so important. Why talk about this? The fact that God is Father, Son, and Spirit. Well, let me tell you two or three reasons why it's so important. First, theologically, understanding the truth of the Trinity prevents you from adopting inadequate views of God. It prevents you from seeing Jesus and the Spirit as less than God or from seeing Jesus and the Father as exactly the same or from thinking that there are three gods or maybe more rather than just one. One of our inevitable temptations as human beings is to see God as less than who he really is. And the truth of the Trinity helps us to resist that temptation, to realize God is greater than I can even imagine. I can even totally comprehend in my human thinking. He's above and beyond who I am. So theologically, it's important. Personally, the truth of the Trinity is important because it's a reminder of the majesty and the mystery of the God who gave himself for you on the cross. Think about this with me. You you trust the truth of the Trinity when you ask for salvation. The Bible tells us that it's the Spirit who convicted you. That's the only reason you knew to ask for salvation. That it's the Son who sacrificed for you. That's the only reason you can request salvation as he gave his life on the cross. And it's the Father who gave the Son, John 3, 16. Anytime you say, anyone says in this world, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to begin a relationship with you, God. They may not totally understand the truth of the Trinity yet, You don't have to totally understand this truth in order to be saved, but you're trusting that truth because that's the truth that's behind your salvation. In fact, you're trusting the truth of the Trinity every time you pray. The Bible tells us in Romans 8, 26 that it's the Spirit who communicates to our lives. He's the one who actually, when I pray, takes my words and puts even more faith to them. That verse talks about even in my groanings, he puts words to them. In Romans 8, 34, we're told that it's Jesus who intercedes for us. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Father, this is what they really need. This is what, uh, this is what I would say needs to happen in their lives. And we're told in John 16, 23, that it's the Father who answers. Every time you pray, you've got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all on your side working for you, making that prayer even greater than the prayer that you prayed. That's how powerful this truth is. We trust the truth of the Trinity theologically and personally, but we also trust it relationally. The Trinity shows us that God in his very essence is relational. Even before he created us, he was in perfect relationship in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God did not need to create you to create me in order to have someone to relate to because he already had the perfect relationship in the Trinity. And our ability to relate to one another, to enjoy relationships with one another, that grows out of God's relational, perfect relational nature. And this person, who exists as a trinity, created you, created me for the purpose of getting to know you, having a relationship with you. God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And I'm not going to let any of us accept the lazy thinking that the truth of the trinity is simply a matter of dry theological discussion or biblical argument. We're talking about getting to know the depths of the one who loves you more than anyone else. And I want you to know, to really know God, to deepen your relationship with him, And in order to know that, you need to know that he exists as a trinity. I relate to him as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Paul comes to that at the end of this book. 
He says, what does it take to survive as a servant? You've got all you need. You've got the Father. You've got the Son. You've got the Spirit. Paul tells us that the very power of the Trinity is there for you as God's servant. And he makes it very specific. How are you going to survive as God's servant? You've got the grace of Jesus. You have the love of God. You have the fellowship of the Spirit. So that's what you depend upon today as God's servant. What do you do today? You live in grace. You live in the grace of Jesus. He has forgiven me. He has given me a gift that no one else could give in forgiveness and in life. You live in grace, but you also share grace. That's what servants do. They pass it along. You share God's grace with somebody else. You let somebody else know. Experience the forgiveness, the grace of God through your life. How are you going to survive as a servant today? You survive in the love of God. So today, you realize I am immersed in the love of God. There is nothing, there is nothing that I can do that could keep God from loving me today. It's impossible to separate myself from the love of God as his servant. So you live in the love of God, and then you share the love of God. You let someone else know about it. Because of the love of God in your life, you do something in somebody else's life. What do you do today as God's servant? You live in the fellowship of the Spirit. Today you realize that no matter what anyone else says about you or thinks about you, you have a relationship with God through His Spirit that can never be taken from you. No matter how close you feel to others or how maybe distant you feel right now, even from God you might feel distant. The truth is you have the fellowship of the Spirit. God sent His Spirit into your life, and you can live in vital relationship with Him today. You can talk to Him right now. You can listen for Him right now. You can just sit in His presence and get His comfort right now. He wants to comfort you. You live in the fellowship of the Spirit, but then you also share the fellowship of the Spirit. You share those same things with somebody else, that same relationship that God has with you. You want to survive as God's servant? You have all you need in the Trinity of God. You've got the grace of Jesus. You've got the love of God. You've got the fellowship of the Spirit. Our Father, we thank you for this book, 2 Corinthians. And thank you that you, by your Spirit, led Paul to write down these words about his life of serving you and his challenge to the Corinthians to serve, even in difficult times. Lord, as we end this book, remind us daily, there is no circumstance that can keep us from serving. There is no circumstance in which we cannot find this grace and love and fellowship that we need from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so today, just today, one day at a time, we pray that you'd help us to survive and to thrive as your servants to survive because we're trusting in you whatever the circumstance, and to thrive because we're loving others whatever the circumstance. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this ends our study of 2 Corinthians, everyone, and I want to encourage you very much to stay with us for our next study. If you're listening regularly with us in Drive Time Devotions, or you might want to go to drivetimedevotions.com, just one word, drivetimedevotions.com, and there you can find a lot of other studies and pick maybe the book that you want to do next. Either way, I am very grateful that we're able to study God's Word together. We'll see you for the next study. 